Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Morning, everyone. Evolutionary.org hardcore podcast coming your way. This is number episode 134. Today we're doing Jason Ha. I got uh, Steve Smee, myself, and I got the mobster here. What's up, buddy? All good. Wet and rainy, but we're going to heat things up with this one today. I think there's, there's, there's a bit of fire in this one, I reckon. So today we're going to be talking about Jason Ha. He is a extremely massive bodybuilder. He's an online fitness guru, personal trainer, and he is a businessman. He's got quite a big uh, Instagram following. He's got over 700,000 followers. When you have that many followers and you've got that many connections and networking, you can basically sell a uh, pretty much anything to anybody when you got that many people following you. So that's, that's pretty much what he's um, today been doing. He has quit bodybuilding. We're going to kind of get it, get into that in a little bit. When he was uh, bodybuilding, his off-season weight, 300 pounds. His competition weight was listed at 260 pounds. He is a massive, massive guy, mobster. Um, huge mm-hmm. guy at his peak. So let's talk about his early life before we get into the good stuff, guys. And we're going to talk about his steroid use later in this podcast as well. So Jason Ha, he worked as a chef in a restaurant his teenage years. He got a job at a nutrition and smoothie shop that was owned by Jeff Hall, who was nutrition guru. He started lifting weights and he got healthier. Uh, During this time, he would open up his own smoothie shop and from there started bodybuilding seriously. In 2006, he competed at the Southern States. He won first place in the heavyweight division. And then he set his sights on a pro card. He was coached by Art Atwood and he referred to Jason as a super freak and he, um, he right off the bat saw the potential in him. So a couple of years later, he met his wife and they helped motivate each other to compete. She also has her pro card and you can see pictures of her on his social media. Um, so he got his pro card in the 2010 USA's first place. He listed at 256 pounds, absolute monster. He also finished seventh place at the Tampa Pro, and he had uh, some other results as well. So he, he had some good results there. He built a big following mobster. One of the ways he brought a big following is through social media, has some videos, some unconventional workout videos that he put out. Those got so many views that that kind of got him popular. So that's like, you know, sadly, that's how you become um, have, you know, get big followers guys by being, you know, sometimes by being doing douchebaggery type of things by getting yourself out there, then other people start talking about you. Other people start making fun of you. Other, you know, you get trolls and then you build your following from there. And then over time, those trolls, they turn into fanboys. those fanboys buy your product. So that's a big way on social media to build a big following. Yeah. I, I, the one that's uh, connected to the article, which we'll link to uh, for this podcast, 
uh, was very, very specific. And it, you're definitely 100% doing real, I mean, let's give an example, he's doing some one arm cable press down thing and he's literally moving it two or three inches. And I think it's deliberately gone to the extreme on this particular video based on the comments that he was getting off other videos. So even if he was doing a short range movement, which might have been effective for, for Jason, it got to the point where he was like, okay, I'm gonna have some fun with this. And he's talking to the cameraman and he's moving the, the cable like two, maybe three inches and going, look at them triceps. And of course there's all veins and you know, 20 plus inch arm and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But I think Steve Smith's correct. I think there was an element of maybe he was shortening the range originally and he was getting something from it. But he realized that people were going, what the hell are you doing? He was getting comments that attracted the traffic. So he was he was playing with the numbers. He was he was uh, realizing, you know, there's there's uh, there's there's traction here. There's people who giving me likes and dislikes. I'm getting 14,000 comments. I'm getting this kind of stuff to the point with with the video that we linked to. It's a two inch or a three inch movement. He's definitely trolling the viewers with this two or three inch movement. He's definitely, he's, he's maybe even, and I'm being really kind here, maybe even making a color around anti training video. Because let's be honest, people, it doesn't, doesn't matter who the bodybuilder is, it doesn't matter who the strength athlete is, how exciting can it be to watch a man do full range leg extensions and every single leg worker of every single bodybuilder or strength athlete you've ever seen? So maybe, maybe it's kind of like an anti-training video. Maybe it's just like, let's have some fun with the viewers. Let's let's get some traction. Let's attract people to what I'm doing because I'm just not showing you, I'll be crude here, the same old shit that you see on everyone else. The only exciting thing when you're watching these other videos is going, just how freaky a monster that particular person is, just how well developed the legs are. But at the end of the day, there's only so many ways you can do certain kinds of movements. And, you know, unless you're a fanboy of that particular person, it's kind of boring. So even if he wasn't trolling, it kind of was, and it ends up being a kind of fun video just for the sake of it. To be fair, it's a little bit boring because there's only I can only watch so many minutes of some guy doing a two-inch movement and having a bit of fun with it. So it's one of us. He should have just said to the camera, listen, guys, I could show you how to do this, but let's just fuck around. Let's just have some shit. Let's just get some traffic coming. Hate if you want to hate, love if you want to love, whatever. You know, back to you, Steve. Yeah, so his one of his big businesses he started was steel supplements. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I looked at some of the ingredients we talked about on the pre-show. Nothing special about any of these ingredients. A lot of the products that he sells has have things like sucralose, which are a carcinogen, and some other, you know, products in it. So I'm not a particular fan of his supplements at all. I, I, I like supplement makers that come up with formulas that, don't cause cancer and don't screw up your gut health and all that stuff. So, but you know, at the end of the day, he's no different than 99% of these other guys out there on social media. They just sell the cheapest supplements out there. So yeah, mobster get into that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk right, about. So I've, I've mentioned on the, on the forums that I used to be a supplement company owner and we kept our product line real rules, straightforward and simple. So, you know, you, you'd maybe get a flavoring, a coloring, uh, a sweetener and a protein powder and that was it like four ingredients creatine was just creatine there was nothing else added in there wasn't we were just using selling you a powder there was no binders there was no flavoring there was no sweeteners there was no nothing now i know because as in the pre-show steve me and i touched on this both in america and i could probably find out the names of these companies if i wanted to and here in the uk there are contract manufacturing companies and you can literally as a pro bodybuilder even as a pt or a coach or 
someone that's training people in the gym, so if you've got a couple of thousand dollars, you can go and you say, can you make me an 80% whey protein concentrate? And they will have off-the-shelf formulas, off-the-shelf tub. You'll, you'll get a choice of like four tubs. Do you want a plastic one? Do you want a, a, a solid white one? Whatever. And, you know, the pre-designed labels, sometimes uh, it's at, if there's any cost, it's probably in having you having your own design label and so on and so forth. So what we're looking at here, Steve's had a look at the ingredients. I have not. And he tells me that this is basically a very generic product line. And I'm going to take that as, as, as given. And I know that you can go to a supplement company, one of his companies, like I suggested, and go, you know, I want a protein powder. I want a fat burner. I want something else. And, and bang. And then all you have to do is put your name on it, put your thing on the label, and it's job done. Now, we know, because obviously we work with these kind of people on the forum, need to build, need to build muscle being one of them, that our sponsors have gone to these companies and be very specific in their requirements. But that way is not cheap. You will not get $20, $30 markups. You won't get a 30 40% markup because to do it like that and have that quality of product, it's hard to make a profit. You have to be on the quality control all the time. It's very, very difficult. So I kind of get, if I was in his shoes, I kind of get why I want to make money from it and you know build up the lifestyle and, and aspirations and the dreams that me and my family want for ourselves. But it's kind of lazy at the same time because long term, people are going to turn away and go to other stuff. What you really want is one or two standout products, even if the rest is just kind of boring but solid. And have one or two standout products that has got your name on that's going to last for 20 or 30 years because you, you put effort into it. You make sure that the product was quality. You make sure it's quality controlled. You make sure it was checked and it was something special. Steve's had a look at this. We don't think that's the case. We just think it's a nice generic kind of standard no real imagination's gone into it, uh, is including ingredients that we wouldn't put into a supplement line now, either one of us. <clears throat> Other aspects of his business, and I, I, one of the things that I was quite attracted to is he has a couple of clothing lines, and one of the things he was kind of clever with, which is the business side, is that not only does he have his two clothing lines, he also uh, contract manufactures himself for other people. In other words, he's producing clothing with different labels, different designs, or for other companies, for other athletes. So there's the, the clever business aspect. So it, it, you're making money, not just selling the stuff yourself, but you're also producing uh, clothing uh, and gym uh, gym outfits for other people. So that was kind of cool. That was kind of clever. And I believe he still kept the smoothie shop. So he, one of the things I was kind of, I did like about Jason was the fact that, uh, as he says in one of his videos, interviews, he says, um, I'm not just a bodybuilder. I'm a businessman and people can't sometimes get their heads around the fact that here's this guy that's able to go out and do these things. Like I said, it's a bit generic when it comes to the supplements. The clothing's a bit more fun. The clothing's kind of things that you would say to each other in the gym that you might not normally say on a T-shirt. And some of your stuff's out there with the, with the wording and the phrases. They're a bit of fun. Probably about $30 too much, but they're still a little bit of fun to look at. Yeah, back to you, Steve. We've got other things we can cover. Yes, getting into his nutrition. So he has actually a video out there, Mobster, that shows it's actually a cool video because it shows that uh, him spending a lot of money on a, um, a small budget, uh, basically buying a bunch of groceries on a small budget. Mm. So, and he, one of the things he bought was eggs and you can buy a carton of eggs, good quality eggs, really anywhere, you know, for not expensive at all. But if you want good quality eggs, it's probably going to cost you like three bucks. You can probably find eggs like for three and a half bucks. You can buy a dozen eggs, large eggs. For, for about three, three or four dollars. So I mean, those eggs can last you. You can eat, you can yeah. eat those eggs. 
Um, another thing he was, um, you know, chicken, he was buying the chicken that wasn't cooked. I think that's a big mistake guys make is they go buy cooked chicken. You're paying someone to prepare that chicken for you, to cook the chicken for you. So it's going to be more expensive than just buying yeah. the raw chicken and cooking it yeah. yourself. Another thing yeah. too, rice. And that's another problem. You buy cooked rice, it's going to be expensive because to, to prepare rice, a rice cooker costs money. So you go to a restaurant, you get rice, or you go to a supermarket and you buy pre prepared rice, it's going to be more expensive. But if you buy rice in bulk and learn to cook it yourself, it's really not that hard to cook rice. It's no. a little trial and error. You got this much water, you got to boil it a certain amount, yeah, yeah. you got to let it simmer a certain amount. So it's a little, it's a little give and take on the rice, but really you can, you can eat. So he shows in the video how to eat a bunch of food. Sure. So mobster get into a little bit of that and then tell us a little bit about uh, his uh, training style. I'm coming at this from another angle because you see me bitch and moan about this on the forums. There's a generation in both our countries in America and the UK of guys, more guys than, than gals, but some gals included, of course, that can't cook for shit. How, how difficult is it, Steve, to cook rice, man? I mean, come on. Just stand there with your spoon and when it looks right, it tastes right, it's cooked. And there's guys out there that can't, that honestly, they won't do that. They'll buy the prefects half-cooked stuff that you can steam in a microwave. Guys, it's really not that difficult. The chicken breast thing, I said, we got. I, I do a thing with my buddies here. There's a fella that delivers meat. And one of my buddies, for example, just for the last order, brought five kilos, 11 pounds of chicken breast. It's really easy to season. It's really easy to cook. You know, the, the idea that you can only go out and buy it pre-cooked or you have to go to a restaurant is just crazy. So, yeah, this stuff can be done properly. One of the things we can do with my buddies, if we all buy the same thing, in bulk, the butcher knocks 10% off. So we're actually getting a discount on that stuff. And it's the same price or better. And it's definitely a better product than we're buying in the supermarket. So there's a ton of stuff you can do. You know, as, as Steve said, for example, whole egg better than, than the pasteurized stuff that comes in canisters. That's kind of crazy. The flip side of that, which is more related to what Jason, now we're, we're, we're torn in this because when we get into the steroid stuff, you've got to ask yourself just how healthy, what was he doing? But he claimed that towards the end of his career, he was getting ill all the time. This doctor wasn't doing any, he'd actually not taken any PEDs for months. He hadn't trained for months. Again, this is all at the end of his career. And he ended up with mercury poisoning. Now, of course, here's an issue. Uh, if you're buying, as Steve says, half pre-cooked stuff, and specifically fish, which Steve's talked about multiple times on the forums in terms of the farmed fish versus fresh fish, uh, ocean caught fish, et cetera, et cetera. The potential for poisons in the diet, uh, just uh, just jump from the bad bacteria in, in the farm fish again, but the mercury poisoning that's possible with a high protein diet, and especially a high fish protein diet, is quite high. And so his diet wasn't especially different in that particular regards. And there's plenty of bodybuilding videos where you can see guys sitting down and when they're especially in competition mode, eating very, very simply. And that would quite often uh, a plain white fish salmon, uh, chicken breast, uh, rice, as Steve said, and a few other bits and pieces out there that are real, real simple approach to competition diets. There is a different way of doing it, of course, but it's just easier to be simple. And the potential then for mercury poisoning, which is what he claimed him and just family members also had, uh, ended up being an issue for Jason, uh, again, as I say, just as at the end of his career. So, yeah, you uh, I, uh, guys, there's a million videos on YouTube that teach you how to cook. You've got no excuse. There's plenty of ways of going out, as Steve says, just buy in bulk. If it's a question of, of cash, buy in bulk with a buddy. Split a bag of chicken breast. 
go out and, you know, you can go to the supermarkets. If, if you're a student, you can go to the supermarkets at the end of the day, stuff that's going to be reduced to get it then, cook it straight away, eat it straight away. It's real, real not difficult. Just as rice, take rice and throw some peas in there. Put some seasoning in. One of the things you do is a stock cube, put a stock cube in there just to give it flavor. Real, real simple. You can buy the low sodium stuff if sodium's an issue. That is a five minute thing to prep. And it's like 10, 15 minutes. You can go off and do something else and come back and it's cooked. You buy yourself a rice cooker, it's even easier. You can buy a slow cooker and have stuff cooking it all day while you're studying, while you're at work, and come home to a, a, a cheap meat, cheap vegetable, cheap carb source meal that tastes amazing because you put some seasoning into it because the slow cookers brought all the flavors out and everything else. There's apps. I mean, honestly, I'm an older guy, but come on. We used to do this stuff at school. I know you don't do it at school in America. I know you don't do it at school here in the UK anymore. It is real, real simple. There are a million YouTube videos. Don't be lazy. And like uh, Jason's proving, I believe the video that sees referring to is like a $50 video. How much high protein and bodybuilder type food can I get for $50? How much can I get for $100? You can get shitloads. Don't buy the sugary stuff. Don't buy, don't buy the peanut butter and jelly. Just buy lots of chicken breasts and sweet potato and, and you know, some, and, and, and get to work on the seasonings. Make your own sauces. We do touch on this stuff from time to time on, on, on the forums. But I see an awful lot of young guys. Come on, guys. This stuff's real, real simple to do. Real simple. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, and we talked about it on the pre-show. It appears that he's quit bodybuilding. And uh, oh, yeah. Lobster and I had some theories on this. One of the obvious things that was leaked or he had talked about was he wanted to spend more time with his family. And, you know, that's understandable. A lot of people do that, but... You know, I just think is one of these situations where he just used bodybuilding, got a lot of followers, and mm. now his business got off the ground. And now from there, he can just milk that really for the rest of his life. And probably, you know, for the rest of his life and most of his kids' life as well. So yeah. probably makes a lot of money selling supplements. A supplement, you have that many followers, you could probably bring in, you know, solid 10, 20,000 a month net profit. Uh, when you have that many followers and you have these types of supplements that guys use and then they, they buy every month, you get them on a recurring thing where they're buying the supplements every month. So, you know, that's, that's what I think. How about you, mobster? I, I, I'm going to go with some of this as well, Steve, just, just as a way of uh, thinking, thinking this stuff out. So for example, right, let's say I sit here talking to you now and I've got five, six, 700 followers on my Instagram. I ain't making shit. So I can put on what I like, do what I like, take pictures of flowers, take pictures of ducks, take pictures of my walks, take pictures of me in the gym. The pictures in the gym always get more traction, but I can put what the fuck I like on my Instagram, but it doesn't really matter. Now, if I get 710,000 followers, which is the number that he had the last time I looked, suddenly there's a business opportunity. The problem for me, and I think for Steve Smith as well, is that we go, do we follow the money and do we kind of give up something of ourselves? Do we go, do you know what? I just want to make money. I don't care how I make it. I'll sell as many T-shirts, as many cheap generic supplements as, as, as you know crappy cookie cutter type training programs or whatever else because there's the money there's the money we did a previous podcast where the guy made two million dollars in a year uh you know so what the hell and paid paid an assistant 10 percent to do all the work so you actually got two hundred thousand dollars when you've got seven hundred and ten thousand followers there's money to be made one of the fellas that we did in the previous podcast wanted there was a link on his instagram page 
uh, contact me to find out how you can make six figures. Yeah, what doing what you've done. So we, the argument then becomes you sold your soul. Now, really, it's kind of annoying, right? Because to my, my way of thinking, this is a short-term view. Yes, you will make money. And if money is your thing, fill your boots. But it's a long-term. I want to be the kind of guy that people, I mean, my, my nickname on this podcast and on the forums, on pretty much every forum I've ever been on, has always been mobster. It's not a gangster-related thing. So you get to the point where at some point, having lifted for as long as I have and trained for as long as I have, they know who Mobster is. Now, not everybody remembers my actual name. Often as not, it's on the forums as well. But it means that the person you spoke to 20 years ago is the same person you're speaking to now. It's not a guy that's chasing the money. I make enough money doing other things not to have to do that. I, I have a reputation based on my brutal honesty. And it's the same brutal honesty you got 20 years ago. How about us, if I'm doing what we're suggesting here, I start out brutally honest, and you kind of get to rely on the fact that you know you can trust what I say. And then at some point, I change and just go for the cash. I get 500,000 followers and I start selling you bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And because you always knew me as an honest guy for 20 years, you start buying my bullshit. Now my reputation ain't worth shit. My products are barely okay. My T-shirt falls apart after five minutes or whatever else. But who cares? I've got 100,000 pounds in the bank. I've got $200,000. So, Yeah. We, we, we've been approaching these last few podcasts from the bad boy thing. So the element here is, can we say Jason is 100% chasing the money? No, but it does kind of seem that way. And I think you mentioned it in, an, in a pre-show, Steve, that you've done some research, same as we always do for this podcast. And one of his uh, very close personal friends is probably one of the biggest bullshitters on social media. I don't know where we... Do you want to name the other fella's name, Steve? Or, or should we leave it to the, to the to our listeners to figure it out for themselves? Well, if you guys go on his Instagram, it's it, the link in the article doesn't link to his main Instagram page. So you're going to just Google his Instagram. No, I don't want to name the okay. guy. Fuck that okay. guy. But yeah. yeah, one of the guys he has is like... Okay, number one The guy's like... A, Number one douchebag <laughs> ever in human history. So, and he's hanging out with them and stuff. So that tells you all you need to know. They have some type of business yeah, partnership. That tells you all about this yourself. guy. So you're not gonna get away with it, Jason. If you're listening to this podcast, this is evolutionary <laughs> hardcore, bro. You can't. It's, it's you a can't lot. It's get, a short term. You can't get. Yeah, we're not your naive, you know, like 18 year old followers on your Instagram. You're not going to get away with that type of bullshit on here with Steven Monster. We're not going to, you're not going to get that past stuff. So basically, yeah, if you're hanging out with douchebags, if you got business partnerships with douchebags, then you're a douchebag. So we can say, even even if he's a good guy, even if he's a good guy, it tarnishes his reputation hanging out with this guy. Now, maybe he's enough of a friend that doesn't matter. But by association, we're kind of figuring ourselves, you know what? His buddy, which is probably the number one bullshit on social media, has made a lot of money and got himself a huge amount of traction on the basis of creating a bunch of false premises and situations that he was paying for them to, to look so great. I'm talking about girls and cars and all that kind of stuff. All, all not paid for or paid for just then and there and not brought out of the millions that he was claiming that he had and so on and so forth. So even by association, it looks bad. I've got buddies that are not great guys, but by association, do I hang around with that guy? Yeah, maybe. 
But then does it does it tarnish my reputation? I mean, yeah, possibly. Some people are going to turn around and say, "How oh, he's hanging around with such or such a person." He, I don't think you have a choice. A living where you live, yeah. I think you. I don't, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> it's not like you live, you live on an island, so you're stuck with them no matter what. In my situation, I've yeah. as an example. Sorry, as an example, right? The whole bodybuilding thing instantly, as you know. Just because we guys and our listeners, just because we go to the gym and lift weights, and if we get the vaguest inkling of a muscular body, hey, you didn't work for that, you took steroids. Hey, forget the fucking 20 years before I took steroids. Forget the fact that I'm eating chicken and rice like we discussed earlier on. The fact that I'm going down and doing the grind in the gym, it's all steroids, obviously. It has to be all steroids. No. And that's just by association with us, the fact that we go and lift weights in the gym and we've got muscular physiques and we're strong. It's the same thing right here, guys. But we're, we're, we're looking at some of the things that he produces. We're looking at uh, the ingredients in the product line. We, we can admire him as a businessman. We can admire him for making money. But maybe, maybe there's elements in there that says, you know what, he, he's kind of gone with some sort of template. Uh, become a great bodybuilder. Get yourself a certain amount of followers on Instagram. Get to the point where you can make some money. Quit the bodybuilding. Go off and live in the Ritz Carlton with his wife and kids, which he does, which is a fantastic thing right there. How does he afford to do that? He's, he's affording to do that by selling you stuff like that. And some of the things that he sells you are meh. They're, they're, they're just not that great. They're just not that special. Maybe maybe he's not claiming that they are. Fine, whatever. And then you're hanging around with this douchebag who we, we won't name for the fear of getting solicitors and lawyers banging on our door because we don't want none of that shit. <sighs> the only thing I would say, and I'm trying to be positive at the same time, and I'm reminded of something about Arnold Schwarzenegger way, way back in the day, is that when you train like we train, when you get to any kind of level that's worth a mention, the energy that you're able to put in the gym can be applied to other things, whether it's working as an employee from McDonald's, you could be the number one guy on the burgers, whether it's uh, Arnold used to go to night school, I believe it was uh, uh, University of California, something like that, UCLA, something, whatever, and he was studying business, literally within a year or two of coming over to the States to compete as a bodybuilder and that enabled him to do the business that he did later on. So he said, if I can put this much energy into training my chest, if I can spend four hours a day in the gym, two hours at night school is nothing. So what I will say about Jason, to be positive at the same time, is the energy that he had as a bodybuilder, the energy that he put into building up his Instagram, social media and whatever else that made him the money, he's able to put back into the business. And regardless of what we really truly think of the way that he makes money, he is successful at doing that. And so, like I said, guys, if you chase the buck, here's a man that you can watch and, 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 and model yourself from. Shall we get into the steroids now, Steve? Yeah, and he's a genetically blessed guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah, genetically yeah, yeah. blessed, that's for sure. And he's uh, in, in this, let's get into the steroid talk, guys. And Jason does, I have to respect him for this. He does speak out against using steroids for young guys. He told them to wait and train harder. He says that yeah. he won T-Nationals while natural so the and you know i believe him um you know you got those types of genetics i have no doubt he did that but let's get you know let's be honest with ourselves once you get to a certain level you become a pro professional bodybuilder it's untested you know you it's if you're going to be able to compete against the people you're going up against you're going to have to use steroids and there's no doubt that he used steroids to enhance his physique so you know one of the steroids Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the steroid cycles that we, we speculate that someone like this would have used to achieve that huge size, you know, let's go with testosterone, probably a long ester, 1500 milligrams a week. 
Trenbolone acetate or enanthate, a thousand milligrams a week. Now, why would you use Trenbolone? Trenbolone, guys, is an amazing steroid. It is the king of steroids. So you compare Trenbolone to any other steroid, it blows it out of the water. So a lot of you guys listening who maybe started out using steroids already or you want to use steroids at some point, you have dreams to look like Jason, huh? One day or someone like that, you're going to have to use Trembolone one day to get your peak numbers, whether you're a strength athlete, bodybuilder, whatever. And we tell you to, to not use Trembolone early because once you use Trembolone, you're not going to want to use another steroid. It's just, it's just that amazing. It's going to be hard to go from using Trembolone back to using Primabolin or back to using EQ or back to using testosterone. So Trembolone is the number one steroid at any level, whether it be powerlifting or bodybuilding at a high level. So they use it because it works. That is the bottom line. And if you don't use it, you're not going to be able to keep up with the competition. What happened between the 70s, early 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, into the 90s and 2000s? What changed? A lot of things changed, but one of the prime common denominators is, the, is Trembolone started being used in the mid to late 80s. And that really helped blow up these physiques. So Trembolone is an absolute must. Equipoise, you would have thrown that in there. Probably helps with the in, in, you know, endurance, helps with the wind during your workout. These guys are running a lot of gear, guys. You're running three, four grams of gear a week. You're going to be winded. You're going to have heart issues. You're going to not have the energy. You're going to be fatigued. So it's important to use something like Equipoise, Boldenone in there. That's going to help with that. It, it's going to enhance things without hurting your endurance. It's one of the few steroids that actually boosts endurance. So you would have put it in there. It's not going to magically, you know, help your heart. That's, that's <clears> what the, you know, that's what you need heart. You know, you need to keep up with your cardio. You need to take your, your support supplementation. You take your into guard and stuff like that, but it's going to at least not hurt things further. So even though it does increase, still increase your red blood cell count and that type of thing. So no doubt, you know, um, it's a lot of pressure on your heart being that big, not even counting the steroids. The next one, Anadrol, 150 milligrams a day. Now, why Anadrol? Again, it's like the Trembolone with injectables. Anadrol, when it comes to oral steroids, it is the absolute king of oral steroids. Four weeks of Anadrol, even at 25 milligrams a day, is going to blow you up. You know, and so he's running 150 milligrams a day. It's an amazing, amazing steroid. It's going to blow you up when it comes to strength. It's going to allow him to push harder in the gym, do a lot more weights than he normally do. HGH, insulin stack. HGH, at least 12 IUs a day. Insulin, at least five IUs, at least twice a day, probably before every meal. Um, he's probably eating, you know, six, seven meals a day. He's going to try to get the insulin at least before three of those meals. And he's going to run tons of HGH. HGH is going to help him grow that massive size along with the insulin. When you're running that much HGH, it tanks, it, you need to tank your blood sugar back down because the HGH is going to cause your blood sugar to rise. So you, you throw in the insulin, you drop your blood sugar, then you eat a meal and then you're able to partition that meal into the muscle and kind of store. So if you don't 
If you're not taking HGH and insulin, you're kind of wasting your food. This is the way these guys, that, that's the mentality of these beasts, these 300 pound beast monster. It's a waste. It's like, oh, I'm going to go eat a meal. Oh my gosh, I forgot my insulin. Oh my gosh, I forgot my HGH for the day. Uh, that's That will ruin your day. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to waste this meal. I'm eating this big meal here with 100 grams of protein, 120 grams of protein, carbs, fats, and I don't have my, my HGH. I don't have my insulin. Oh my gosh. This is the way these guys think. It's an obsession. It's a bigorexia. So I guarantee you, mobster, I guarantee you, it would be like you not being able to power lift. This is how this guy feels. If you take away oh, his, yeah. his steroids and you take away his 100% dedication to bodybuilding, that was a huge sacrifice that he did if he truly oh, loved sure. it. If he loved yeah. it. And to get to that level, you have to have that bigorexia. You have to have that mental fuck like of, oh my God, I lost, I lost five pounds. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. That's the way these guys think. And I went through that myself. I went through that myself. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard to one day just lose. And I guarantee you, he had to go through or did, went through depression. Don't let anyone tell you that this guy is happy being a father of three kids and being a, a, being a husband. Because trust me, I guarantee you, if he could take a time machine, he'd go back in time and never get married, never have kids <laughs> and stick to bodybuilding. You have to have that mentality. There's no way he could have gotten 300 pounds that lean, run those steroids, sacrifice himself for a plastic trophy if he wasn't addicted to bodybuilding and loved yeah. it so much. There's just no way. Yeah. So I don't buy it. I don't buy that, you know, he's in life. And I know people like this, man. I know people like this. They're married with kids. They fucking hate yeah. their life, but yeah. they won't admit it. But they hate their life. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. First off, guys, don't forget whenever we talk about these things, and this cycle is a very good example. This is 100 percent not a cycle that great vast majority of our members on the forums or our listeners need to do. It's over three grams a week of testosterone in various forms. So don't think that you're gonna turn into a 300 pounds beast doing this unless you've got Jason's genetics. It's not gonna happen. If you're normal guys, you don't need to be doing a gram and a half. A gram, another gram, and 750 milligrams of anadrol or more. That's more than that per week. I mean, these are just crazy amounts, especially with, I see the trend and the anadrol. Those are harmful if they're played with for more than a certain periods of time. In terms of Jason, again, this is one of those, what I've, I've described in previous podcasts as rolling the dice. This is a guy that was winning, that had a world-class physique. And so for him to do this thing, even for a short period of time, was worth rolling the dice for 100%. Now, in terms of, let's have a very the testosterone cyprian at 1,500 milligrams a week. Yeah. Train at 1,000 milligrams a week. Yes, but not for long periods of time, guys, especially unless, and again, even, even with his genetics, I wouldn't want you doing a gram a week for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'd keep that reasonably short. Equipoise, 1,000 milligrams a week. I actually looked at the rest of the cycle, and, and in some ways, Steve, this is actually a moderate cycle for a professional bodybuilder. We, we've seen, we just did the, the one on the death cycle where the numbers were absolutely off the scale. And in some ways, this is actually kind of moderate. Like for example, the 12 hours a day, we know because we've done podcasts on this before we do this kind of research that 30 to 40 hours is not unusual. I mean, it's extreme in real terms, 
for most guys, but it's not unusual for pro bodybuilders. So at 12 I use a day, Jason was actually earned on the side of a lower man. This is almost a sensible cycle for a professional bodybuilder to do because, again, if I'm making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, if I'm a professional athlete on stage, if I want to win the big titles, plastic or otherwise, as high up maybe, and it didn't happen with Jason, but high up as I say, the Arnold or the Olympia, then it's all this kind of stuff's worth it. You like, like when a pro football player goes onto the, to the field and he knows he's going to be hit by a 300 pound athlete coming in the other direction. The 10 or 20 million dollars a year that this top athlete is getting kind of makes that impact that getting crushed that maybe maybe risking a hip or a knee or, or an ankle injury or whatever the hell happens to these guys when they're getting smashed into on the field pattern or otherwise it makes it worth it as long as you're not getting killed and you're not permanently damaged it makes it worth it because you can go away go to the hospital get fixed up hopefully come back again and play the game again in the future 30 40 million dollars guarantees you a, a money for life if you're sensible so with this kind of level the followers that he had, the profession that he was trying to make for himself at the time, and even now, arguably, a cycle like this was almost worth it, and it's, it's bordering on moderate for a professional bodybuilder. In terms of what Steve says about the other aspect, I agree again. It's hard sometimes. I mean, look, here's the reality is for, for, for people that go to the gym, the great and vast majority of people, especially with their New Year's resolutions, last very rarely more than three months. Once you get to three, six months, nine months, 12 months, most guys are in the game for life. Now, even if they have a little bit of time out and come back in again, we see this on the forums. You know, I've trained off and on 10 years, off and on five years. I don't always understand from my own perspective what off and on means. I'm like, what do you mean? You had time off. What the hell? But yeah, in reality, this is someone that knows the gym, can go to the gym anytime, will train on and on, pretty much off and on for the rest of their life, right up to the point where they can't lift weights or, or you know, they're, 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 they're just old or whatever. If Jason was as obsessed as Steve suggested, and I agree that he probably was, to roll a dice and to become a professional bodybuilder, to say that I'm prepared to pay the price of taking this amount of drugs, and I agree it's a sensible cycle almost for Jason, then then when, then what happens? You've gone from some guy that weighs 300 pounds to a bloke that maybe weighs 230, 240. He looks like a muscular athlete, but he does not look like a 300 pound beast anymore. And I'm just thinking of a recently retired top professional bodybuilder who won one Mr. Olympia, and you can work out who that is, guys, easily, who's dropped 20 pounds right now, 30 pounds, I believe, from his Mr. last uh, Mr. Olympia show, 250-something pounds. is now down to 220, 225, maybe just about 230 pounds. And the people, funny enough, it's not him that's having a problem with it. It's, it's his fans and followers. Why they expected him to carry on looking like a top professional bodybuilder when he retired from the sport... I don't know. He's only been doing this now for, what, three months, Steve? Because the Olympia was so late last year. It's 2020 Olympia so late. He's only been retired three months and people are trying to struggle. They're struggling with the fact that he, he's dropped 25 pounds. What the hell, guys, is retired? I won't weigh 320 like I did this morning in five or ten years' time. Get your head round it. So there's an aspect there. But I also, I think, which Steve didn't really touch on, and we talk about this again on the forums, for some guys, being on this amount of testosterone is Superman stuff. It's, 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 there's a phrase that even talks about it called Superman juice. When you go from being an athlete, let's say you're a good jock at school, to turn into an absolute monster because you have the genetics, it's a real big mental shift 
to go from being a freaky vascular guy with 21, 22, 23 inch arms, a 60, nearly 60 inch chest, 30 plus inch fires on an average height frame from benching four or five plates aside, five, six plate squats and all that kind of stuff. And then you take away the, the, the elixir, this, this, this stuff that makes you go turbo, the Superman juice, and you remove that. It's real, real difficult for a lot of guys, never mind TRC, cruising, blast, whatever, just the idea of how you felt like a monster. You felt like Hercules, and I've taken away your magic beans. You're now just a normal guy again. It's kind of like being crazy rich for months and months and months, years and years and years, and then one day you're poor. <laughs> the, the, the mental shift is huge. So I agree with Steve. I think there's an element in there probably going, do you know what? I, re- I used to get up and look in the mirror and I could see my paper thin skin and veins all over and crazy. And I got like a pump in minutes and I felt like a beast walking around the gym. You have to be able to deal with that. And if a top professional bodybuilder is probably going to be arguably the most obsessed of our group of people that we're going to know that he's doing the craziest things He's doing the, hope, the, 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 the strictest diets. He's trying to get into some gnarly, horrible, monster-like condition on stage. It's absolutely going to blow your mind. How does he deal with that when he decides to stop? Now, the love and affection he has for his wife and kids, it's a big help. But there's going to be times, I know for a fact, Steve, there's going to be t- when he maybe someone cuts him up in the car and he gets out of the car and he's only a jock. He's no longer that monster that gets out of the car and you can see the look in the other person's eye. Now he's just a guy with like a, a tight, tight sweatshirt on and he's okay. He's got some muscle, but it's not like scary anymore. Yeah, there's, there's stuff like that. It's real difficult. It, 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 if he's got it, and I hope to say that he has, the maturity, the, the mental maturity that we need to have to be able to deal with this is going to be a big deal. And I mean, Steve will tell you he's done trend. He tells you what it was like. Trent, Steve, what was it like doing Trent for you as a guy in the gym? And what's it like not doing it by comparison? What's I mean, it like being Yeah, on- I mean, I, I talked about this a lot, especially in other podcasts. When you're on trend, you're going to be able to do weight that you would never be able to do, no matter how hard how you, you train feel? on any other steroid. You feel yeah. you feel like a beast. I mean, you feel yeah. You feel undestructible. You feel it's like you're looking for a fight almost. So (laughs) at the end of the day, I think Monster, I don't think he's, I I think he's still using a lot more steroids than a normal person would use. Oh, yeah. He's still using one or two grams a week. I have no doubt. Because he wants to maintain his size. He doesn't want to go back. He has to. He has to to maintain his business. He's got so many people on his Instagram. Can you imagine? Yeah. put up pictures of himself down a hundred pounds, he'd lose so many followers. So yeah, Christ. You know, that's his whole thing, being a freak. So I mean, for him, he has to still work out. He's still in the industry. He's still gotta do have business connections. I'm sure a lot of his investors in his company, you know, who are invested in his company, expect him to look a certain way. And if you don't, it's yeah. like me and you, mobster, if we stopped working out, we stopped looking the way we looked and stopped being as strong as we are. You know, mm-hmm. our guys, you know, our bosses would be like, hey, you know, you need to get your shit together, you know, <laughs> or you're gone. So, yeah, he's definitely still on steroids. I would say he's probably he probably cruises on 500 or a thousand milligrams a, a week of, of steroids, maybe testosterone, maybe maybe some trend. I you wouldn't know, be surprised. 
Yeah, a lot of people think that you can only cruise on testosterone. No, I'm not. I'm not. not sure yeah, you could just people that cruise on trend year round, 500 milligrams of trend year round. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Anything. People it's that not ideal, it. but anything is possible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Or EQ or any of these steroids. So, yeah, uh, he probably runs uh, Anadrol here and there, some Anavar here and there, maybe you know, so something like that. And then he wants to keep his size. So, yep. I'll let you finish up the show, Mobster. You can I'm just going to say, funny enough, there's actual contracts out there, and guys have discussed this online when they talk about what's expected of them as a professional athlete. Now, it's not just professional bodybuilders, but all kind of athletes. We've touched on this before, whether it's you can't get into trouble with the law, you can't be seen to be doing certain things to embarrass the company. But in terms of being a professional bodybuilder, yeah, they don't expect you to walk around like the guy that's just come out of Burger King with 14, you know, whoppers in, in your mouth. That can't happen. You're not allowed to get that out of shape. You're really not. You can't say, for example, we, I mean, he, here he is. He's going to be the front and front and center spokesperson for any of the companies that he represents. And whether he's using his own money, or as Steve said, whether he's got people, partners and investors, those partner investors, 100%, if they're never seen on camera, if they're not on his social media account, then it's all going to be Jason. If he's Jason, he is a front center spokesman for this company. So he has to look like a guy that's lifted weights. There are... And Steve Smee knows the history of the game as much as I do. There are photographs. I'm thinking of Gary Strider as a good example. Gary got a, a, a professional bodybuilder back in the day in the 90s, was a big name. Uh, South African came over to America, got his green card, started competing and lifting in the States. And he got a big soldier in him towards the end of his career. So Marcel Mag International featured a picture of him looking like a tennis pro. He'd gone from like a 272, 80 pounds on-stage freak who I see in seminar looking like an absolute what the hell's going on here. His muscles were freaky as fuck. And then he looked like a tennis pro. He looked like a tennis coach. He didn't even look like a tennis pro. He looked like the guy that coaches your wife down at the tennis courts. He'd lost like 100 pounds. Dennis Wolf's a good example. Pre-op, when he had a neck injury, here's a guy on stage nearly 300 pounds again gets a really, really bad neck injury. He has to have a bunch of surgeries. It's only now starting to wear muscle back on. He honestly looked like he dropped 150 pounds. Now, these guys' contracts include this kind of stuff. You need to be in this kind of shape. You can't go to seminars with your belly hanging out. You can't turn up with a double chin. You, you, If you win competitions, we double your winnings and all this kind of stuff. So if I was an investor, yeah, sure, 100%. I'd be going, listen, you need to look good. You need, I need to see your pecs for your shirt. I need to see your arms filling out your sleeves. I need you to have a, a small waist. You can't have a pot belly. You can't relax. You can't come up on videos covered in barbecue sauce and look like a fat sack of shit. Quite simple, really. It's like that. So, yeah. And like I said already, guys, there is a mental thing here. We understand, hence the blasting and cruising. There's a lot of guys that can't deal with how they feel when they're not on cycle. To go from this level, 300 pounds, and with this levels of testosterone in the system, to nothing, no, I, I don't think it's possible, Steve. He's almost certainly very high in HRT, HRT if he's not, as you say, doing a little bit more, 500 milligrams, 600 milligrams a week, just to maintain this level of physique and keep in shape because without it, there's probably 500,000 followers that drop him like a rock. He, he needs to look this particular way just for the business. You're, you're probably right. Back to you. All right, guys, so that sums it up. Jason Ha, you want to give a little preview of our next uh, podcast, Mobster? Uh, the easiest preview and hint of all time, Mr. Fake Weights. And he could bite my ass if he doesn't. All right, yeah, we'll talk about it next week, guys. Talk to you guys next week. We'll have another great one. Take care, buddy.
Speak to you soon.